0: Are brewing in the tri-state area of Cincinnati. Quite a few storms already this spring, especially to open the month of April. But storms are brewing right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast as we continue all the pre-draft talk, looking at all the best fits for the Bengals positional needs. Welcome into another pre-draft edition of the podcast. Muhammad Ahmad joined with Andrew Gillis and. Mike Nisak with you on this fine Wednesday. Uh, so we've kind of been moving in a an order of you know talking about the positional needs that matter most for the Bengals. You know entering this month's draft. So you know we kicked off the week talking about uh, tight end. Uh, the other day being Tuesday, we talked about right tackle, who would be a good fit, where would it be? We talked a lot about Ohio State's DeWan Jones, You know, some really good discussion in case you missed that. Make sure you tune in uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So now we're going to look in at running back. Um, and again, we've talked a lot about Joe Mixon and uh, we'll touch on him a little bit, but obviously I mentioned that to set the stage for what that means for the Bengals uh, and where that determines how they're going to select the running back. Uh, in this year's draft. But nonetheless, no matter what happens with him, they need a running back. Samaj P. Ryan uh, is gone. He's in Denver. So they definitely need some reinforcements there. Uh, So guys, just jumping into it, like we've been doing the last two days. um, Who would you want to see the Bengals uh, prioritize at running back in this draft? Where do you want to see them prioritize that said player? And why is that? I think... Mike went first yesterday, so I guess is it Andrew's
1: turn today, or who went first yesterday? I want to kind of switch yeah. up here. Who goes first? Mike. Mike went first, so I'll, I'll go first today. Um, right there the you go. Guy and who, Andrew. Who I think has kind of come on, uh, come on to the scene late here is uh, Israel Abanakanda. He's a running back from Pitt. Uh, he's really, really athletic. Uh, he didn't run at the pro, or he didn't run at the combine, but he ran a four-four-one uh, at least unofficially, according to a couple different reports that were at his pro day at Pitt. He had a 41 inch vertical, and he's 217 pounds. So basically, talking about a guy who you know is just uh, just a shade under six foot, 217 can run like that. He doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. Uh, You know, he's really young. In uh, you know, I I think he he was only in college for three years. You know, in 2022, he had uh, 239 carries. He just to me, he strikes me as a player that you can get who really you, you feel good about long-term because, you know, he's not going to turn 21 until October. So the, the season is going to be, you know, a, a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, I, I guess it's in full swing by that point. And, uh, you know, you, you're, then he's going to turn 21. So it, you, you're not really worried about, you know, drafting a, a 23-year-old guy who's played in the SEC and kind of has that like, you know, I guess that Derrick Henry usage where you kind of look at like his high school game log or whatever, and he's getting 45 carries a game. Uh, that's not, that's not a band of um, You know, he's not terrible uh, as a receiver. You know, he, he didn't really do much in the receiving game as a, as a Panther. So, you know, I think that could still be an issue, but yeah, I, I think that as a second or a third round pick, you know, I, I really like what kind of athleticism he could bring. That's kind of something that I've mentioned, you know, I've talked about Devin a. chain before and a couple other guys that, you know, I think could give you that boost out of the backfield. But I think this guy would kind of give you that all-around threat, and, uh, you know, he would certainly make them more explosive in the backfield, which is what they need to get.
0: Interesting.
1: I didn't think about that. That's an interesting name that you toss. I, I kind
0: of saw his name swirling on, like, Twitter and stuff, but I'm actually reading more about him, and you're making a strong case, but not to cut you off there, Mike, but... um. You know, how do you follow up to that? Like, what, what are you thinking? Uh, who, who do you have in mind, that running back, and where do you have him in mind?
2: Well, I, I've had this in my mock – first, the two mock drafts we did, both of them in the second round, uh, UCLA's Zach uh, Charbonnet, um, 4.5, foot 6 foot, fourteen pounds, um, does everything, uh, really strong receiver out of the backfield, uh, blocks, and I think that's kind of one of the um, important attributes that, a, would help him get in the field early, and B, will put him on the radar of, uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, his production has been, you know, uh, outstanding in the last two years at UCLA. Uh, after transferring there, I think, for, what was it, from Michigan? Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that when you look at what they've prioritized, I think they want a guy that can do all three of those things, and I think he's, he really fits the bill, uh, athletically strong, um, you know, just he's got the strength to be a, a good blocker. And so I think he sort of, um, you know, talked about this earlier. The week checks those boxes for the staff um, and could be a guy that can compete early, um, get on the, in, in that third down roll, uh blocking role that uh, Samadre had. Um, and I think that's in kind of, kind of important to look at. And, you know, I, I understand what Andrew was saying about not having a lot of a tread uh, with um, the pit running back. But I, I, like I said, I think you need to prioritize guys that can come in, um, play right away, and I think he, he fits that uh, for a team that, like I said, is going to be trying to compete for a Super Bowl.
0: Now forgive me, I might have missed if you said this, but uh, for Shara where do you think or where should the no, Bengals pick him? I think him? I
2: said second round. A so, second round, I've had him in my uh, – um mock drafts gone well and and just to to kind
1: of throw in a point uh at the combine charbonnet said he he had met with the bengals um obviously he's probably met with a lot more teams but um at least as of you know early march the the bengals have had charbonnet kind of on their radar
0: yeah definitely yeah and that's a good point that you made because i know you were at the combine talking to some of those guys so i'm glad you filled in that point um but andrew for uh Forgive if I get his name wrong for Israel uh, Abanikanda. Uh, did you have him being picked in the second or third round? Uh, if you were to like guess where the Bengals pick him,
1: yeah, I, I would guess third round. Um, you know, I, I as of now, uh, I, I would worry about his pro day kind of boosting him and kind of moving him up the ranks. Uh, you know, anytime you are you know, really above two fifteen and, and you run a four four one. Uh, that's gonna draw some. That's gonna draw some eyes, especially when you have a 41 inch vertical. So, yeah, I, I would say third round. Uh, you're you're probably biting some nails if if you're gonna wait till the third round to take that guy. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's certainly possible for sure.
0: You mentioned the nail biting, um, and obviously both of you guys kind of had second, third round as your projected area uh, of you know the Bengals targeting a running back. So do you guys think that's the best path forward? Is that the Bengals should just you know, focus on that second, third round, no earlier, no later than that. Or do you think maybe there's some leeway room to look at guys and maybe say the fourth, possibly fifth round, or is it really just that second, third round where the Bengals have to use that window to maximize their opportunity to get a running back?
1: Well, it, it depends. Is, is Bijan Robinson there at 28? Because if Bijan Robinson is there at 28, then you've got a really, 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 really tough decision You know, because I I mean, you could we could have a I mean, four podcasts about kind of the value of running backs and you know whether it's worth it to spend a a first round pick on one of those guys. But you know, again, Bijan Robinson is a Saquon level, is a Ezekiel Elliott level, like that type of level prospect. uh, You know, an Adrian Peterson guy, like those. That's kind of who you would put him in the ballpark with, just in terms of his grades. So. If he's there, I, I don't think you can rule out a first-round running back. I mean, personally, I wouldn't take, um, you know, personally, I wouldn't take uh, like Jameer Gibbs or somebody like that in round one, um, you know. But again, like if you yeah. if you can, if you can wait till the fourth round and take Roshan Johnson, who Bijan's backup at, at Texas, I think uh, you know you could feel okay about that. You know, Bijan, um, you know, kind of stole a lot of the spotlight, but again, Roshan kind of has that speed and power element you're looking for. Um, You know, Keaton Mitchell, I think, is a guy who could last till the third or fourth round. Um, You know, maybe the fourth round, he's a smaller guy, played at ECU. Uh, You know, he's got he's great in space. He's got some good speed to him. So I I think that there are guys. But again, I mean, you have to worry about the the running back situation, because, I I mean, if you were uh, I mean, if you're a Bengals fan watching the watching the team during the year, you know that during during the season, the running game was not great. And kind of the way that these things go with running backs, you reach a certain age and things don't really get better from that certain age. So if things are going to get worse for Joe Mixon from here on out, just in terms of on the field, I mean, you have to kind of be worried about uh, the state of the running back. So I think you have to kind of invest some kind of draft capital. I'm not saying you could wait until the seventh round, but I think you have to invest something in, uh, in a running back.
2: I think you absolutely need to use one of the top three picks. Um, but I also think that um, you know I I was under the assumption that or am under the assumption that Robinson's going to go in the top twenty. It um, won't be available. Yeah, me uh, too. For them, to yes, yeah, same here. And so um, that's why you know I had them going in different directions. So um, you know if he's there at twenty eight, you probably have to seriously consider it because uh, I mean you need you need a guy that can make an impact, and I think Joe Mixon. Um, could use that help if that if they're going in, you know, looks like they're going in that direction by keeping him. Um, and so, uh, that that's kind of how I see it. Um, I think he's the only first round guy. Um, and so I think if, but if he's available, yeah.
0: So, it's a, it's a good point you make there because it's like you know we've said oh you know this is from you know referring to other podcasts we've had like you just said BJ Robinson's there, gotta seriously consider him. We're talking about tight end, if Michael Mayer's there. You know, the hometown kid got to consider him. You know, I know offensive tack was up in the air with, you know, depending on if you got Dewan Jones available, Darnell Wright. But let's say, like, this is a hypothetical. Somehow, I, I don't know if this would be possible, but, like, if there was a world where you could pick between DeWan Jones and Michael Mayer, and uh be john robinson at number 20 and again i don't think this is likely i think out of those three one or two of them has to be off the board maybe all three even but like if you're in some situation where you have all three in front of you and you can only pick one you know who would you pick and why would you lean more towards robinson kind of like mike mentioned or would you kind of go back to the points we made about mayor and uh jones and other tackles and go that route instead
2: I'd I I would take Robinson over all of the other. two. I think Jones will be available. Um, but I, I think Robinson would be a guy that uh, would be a really surprise uh, that was there.
1: Yeah, I, I would actually probably not take um, Bijan at, at twenty eight if you if if those guys are there, just because, you know, I, it, it's a really really hard thing to turn down. Um, you know, I think you could make a really strong case that Bijan is a top in terms of talent uh, top five player at at this position, Um, you know, but or top foot, not, not at his position, excuse me, top five player just in the draft in terms of talent, Um, you know, but again, it, it, to me, it's kind of, you know, it's like a, you think of it like, you know, what would you rather have as a, as a tandem, you know, if you were to go first round, second round, you know, insert position here and then running back, it's like, you know, would you rather have a Zach Charbonnet and then, I don't know, Darnell Wright or Mike, like would you rather have Michael Mayer and Zach Charbonnet or would you rather have Bijan Robinson and like Sam Laporta? Like Mm. I I think that there's, I think that it's, it's kind of positional value there and just kind of knowing what we know about the running back position, how these guys, you know, just kind of wear out quicker than, than other positions. And uh, I, I, again, a Bijan, Bijan would take this offense to a completely not like just a completely ridiculous level And, you know, again, that that's not something you can turn down easily, but if you think that you can get, you know, significant production from a pass rusher, from a tackle, from a tight end, I think you have to do that over a running back just because of what you can get at running back later and and kind of the longevity of the position.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, what what I like about your all's points is it's kind of consistent with the messaging you guys had, you know, this week on like how you feel about tight end, how you feel about offensive tackle. Um, You know, like, obviously, I'm kind of more on Mike with this one. I think if Robinson's available, especially if you have the other options I mentioned, I think you got to go that route. But I will say this, and I'm going to kind of give my pick here of who and where the Bengals should pick. I say this with the scenario that Robinson is not on the board and that the Bengals are not able to get him. Um, If they're able to get him, they should. But if not, I would say they should go. Uh, The Devin A-Chain route in the second round. I mean, it sounds like he's a solid second round, you know, pick from most draft boards and uh mock drafts. Um, You know, I've talked a lot about him on this podcast. He he just reminds me uh, so much of a younger, more finesse Joe Mixon. Like, you look at Joe Mixon's rookie tape, his college tape from Oklahoma. I see a lot of that from Devin A-Chain. And I think that's the kind of style that, you know, people in the Bengals front office just seem to like. That's just kind of what they've liked for a while. It was kind of the same thing with Jeremy Hill for a little bit when he was there before Mixon. And, you know, I'd like to make just, you know, the funny connection that he went to Texas A&M just like Trayvon Williams, and he's a 5'8 kick returner running back just like uh, Trayvon Williams. So maybe, although obviously the Bengals brought back, you know, Travion uh, to, you know, compete at kick returner, maybe you bring in Devin and say, oh, Let's see who the better Aggie is at kick returner. But I think more beyond that, um, with what the Bengals value in the run game uh, from an efficiency standpoint, you're getting that plus some. Um, I don't know if he'd be a good receiving running back compared to like maybe Charbonnet, like Mike mentioned. Maybe that's where Charbonnet has some upside. But I'm sure, you know, A-Chain can do well enough for what the Bengals would ask, you know, if, you know, Joe Burrow's got to throw the quick check down. But again, I say that. Assuming you cannot get Robinson in the first round, um, because again, I think like, you know, Andrew said it, you're not just talking top five at his position. You're talking top five just talent wise, you know, all across the board. So um, there and, you know, there's different ways to go about it. It's like, you know, do you want Sam Laporta mixed with, you know, a different running back like uh, Andrew mentioned? There's different ways you could go about it. Um, but when we come back, we are going to uh, look more at the future of running back, talk about some factors that might affect where the Bengals go that route um, in this month's draft, plus much more to come, and a little fun March Madness turned April Madness. I'll explain more of what that means when we come back right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Uh, So before we get back into our conversation about uh, what the Bengals should do at running back in this year's draft, uh, we want to remind you guys to sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider. Uh, It is our subtext service where we give you all the breaking news and analysis on the Bengals, on what they're hearing, and we're going to give you the insider before it even gets to our website. It's simple. Just go to cleveland.com slash Bengals to sign up. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page. It's just $4.99 a month. You can cancel at any time, but you also get uh, a two-week free trial. So if you want to cancel, you can, but you won't want to once you join the Cincinnati football insider community. All right, gentlemen, jumping back into it, we talked about where we think the Bengals should go uh, at the running back position in the draft. We talked about some really good names um, and some really different routes that could work for the Bengals either way. Um, But of course, you know, we can't, and as much as it's repetitive, and we've mentioned this a lot, you know, we can't talk about the state at running back, you know, without talking about the elephant in the room, which is Joe Mixon. You know, I think for a while we started to think, okay, the Bengals are going to keep him. They're going to roll with him, but, Katie Blackburn, you know, speaking at the NFL's annual meeting last week, didn't sound so certain about that. I mean, she didn't really open or close the door as to whether you know Mixon would stay or leave. But it also sounds like there's a possibility that he could get cut at some point this off season. Um, and so again, we we've talked a lot about this, and we've looked at you know whether they should keep him or not. That's that's a different conversation. But I guess let's say you're in a situation where the Bengals do decide to cut him and then you draft, you know, whoever you draft, you know, first, second round, maybe you draft another running back. So maybe you, you double dip at running back and just hope that you can get depth from Trayvon Williams and Chris Evans. I mean, is that a dangerous move at this point? Like to cut Joe Mixon and just rely on rookies in the backfield or is the running back position just not as important where that offense is just going to run through Joe Burrow and you can afford to cut a guy like that and, just move on with you know one or two other new guys.
2: I don't think that you know they would cut him without making some sort of corresponding move to sign somebody, but I'm not sure uh, at this point you know what's left for them. you know how they would do that I mean I, I don't know that it's trending in that direction. I know she sort of left the door open, but uh, I thought to me that meant you know maybe negotiating sort of a reduced cap figure for for this season, but um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they could just do that and not sign anybody. I mean, that would be sort of a disaster.
0: Andrew, like, do you kind of agree with that assessment? Like with what Mike was saying about that, you think that would be a disaster too?
1: I mean, I, I think if if you're gonna move on from Mixon, um, you know, I, I think you would probably like to have some kind of veteran there. I, I, I or even too, I think. You know, if you're going to move on, it depends on kind of how the draft goes. Um, you know, maybe at 28, you know, you really like Mayer and Darnell Wright and whoever. And, hey, they're not there. And uh, you you move back a little bit and you, you take some extra picks. And all of a sudden you're sitting there with 9 or 10. And then you can, you know, then you're, I, I personally wouldn't do it. But then maybe you're, you're in a better position to draft more than one running back. Um, you know, I mean, how, how it like. I just think there's the possibility there, you know, where you move back, maybe even you move out of round one, you draft Charbonnet in the second round, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there in the sixth, the seventh, you know, the fifth round, maybe, I don't know, later rounds, and you really like Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, or you, you know, they met with uh, Tavion Thomas, uh, the running back from Utah, like, you know, he can kind of fill that blocking role. Maybe you're sitting there in the late rounds, the seventh round, and you're like, hey, we're going to draft Tavion, and, we drafted Charbonnet and all right, well now Mixon's expendable. I think, you know, for now it makes sense to kind of have him, Um, you know, the free agency wave has kind of died down. You don't really need that money, but uh, yeah, for, for sure. I think it, you, you have to look at kind of how the draft plays out and uh, right now it just, it doesn't make sense to to make a move until you kind of know where your running back room is going to stand in May.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like what Mike said. I mean, I I would think it'd be crazy to just do that, you know, and uh, not bring in a veteran, but it's like, I mean, you can just look across the board, like, who are you going to bring in at this point? You know, I'm not saying they can't, I mean, they could, I mean, technically the door is still open, but it's like, I mean, you could just look at whether it's spot track or any list. I mean, you're just not really, there's not really many options out there. So I don't want to say they're stuck with them at this point, but, if you do decide to move on from him, like you really need to have a plan because I mean, I get it. You know, like Andrew said, we could have more podcasts on how valuable that position is uh, for the Bengals, but you also can't afford a disaster, especially uh, when you're trying to get to the Super Bowl. You're in win now mode with, you know, Joe Burrow's kind of championship window this early in his career. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be something to follow, obviously, in the next couple of days and weeks if a move does happen or what that means for the draft. Um, but, you know, I, I am going to say, I know you mentioned a few, few guys there, uh, Andrew, as far as like, who you could look at in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Do you guys have any kind of final honorable mentions of maybe guys the Bengals should consider, maybe even past that mid-round uh, tier of the draft, like fourth through seventh round? Any guys that you want to give a shout-out to that they should consider? Maybe not a shout-out, but, you know.
2: Not- not particularly. I think that, um, like I said, I've been kind of focused on, I, I think they need a top tier guy in, a to- in the top three rounds um, with the way the roster is constructed. Um, you know, they've got a, a significant hole in that, in that space. So they need to, they need to jump on somebody.
1: Yeah. One of the guys who I've, I've kind of been intrigued by is uh, is Tank Bigsby the running back from Auburn um, you know, Auburn, I mean, if you know anything about college football, and, and Mike can attest to this, uh, uh, things can get a little wild down on the plains. And, um, you know, uh, th- their, their kind of whole operation was, was a mess for the last two years. So, you know, you're talking about a five-star player when he was coming out of high school, really, really talented at Auburn. I, I think that, you know, if you're if you're kind of looking to, you know, say, hey, maybe here's a guy who, you know, wasn't in the best situation in college didn't have a great, uh, you know, didn't have a great environment to succeed. I think Tank Bigsby could be, you know, somebody you think you could kind of mold into a starting running back. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by him as kind of a, a third-round prospect.
0: I think, yeah, That's a good one, too, actually. Bigsby's a good one. I think one that sticks out to me uh, is uh, Minnesota, former Minnesota running back, uh, Mohamed Ibrahim. And I'm not just saying that because we share the, first, the same first name. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, you know, he kind of reminds me of uh, – You know, in some ways, like, he's kind of drawn some comparisons to Damian Pierce, who, you know, has done pretty well for the Houston Texans for how dysfunctional things have been there. You know, kind of a hard hat running back, a lot of toughness, um, has a feel for, like, cut timing. Doesn't really have that, like, threatening speed. He might look like a grinder, you know, in terms of, like, his average burst. But, you know, he's really patient waiting for his blocks. Like, when I kind of watch some of his clips, like, you know, he really waits for it to kind of open up and he's decisive in the holes open up for him, can absorb a lot of contact, which you know you need, especially if you're trying to get those first downs, get that extra yardage. Um, looks like he's more of a kind of that later tier, like a day three projected pick. Um, maybe the athleticism, I think overall is the biggest question since his athleticism didn't test super well, but maybe he makes up for that with his production he had at Minnesota. It's a guy I think that is worth considering if Bengals you know, either want to double dip or maybe they just. Are keen on getting a guy late, but I think that's somebody that's worth looking at, you know, later in the draft. Uh, but I want to wrap up with something fun that we didn't get to yesterday that I want to get to today. Um, so you might be thinking, Muhammad, March is over. Why are you going to bring this up? But we just had March Madness, the national championship wrapped up Monday. Um, and I wanted to do this in March, but you know, the madness of free agency, everything gets in the way. Uh, I wanted to do this now, and I'm thinking, you know, to ask you guys, if you were to make a starting lineup of Bengals players, like a March Madness basketball lineup, five guys for starters, and then a six man just to have fun with it. If you were to construct a lineup right now using just Bengals players, who would your starting five be at what positions with a sixth man? And uh, why is the case for that? I want, I want to see what you guys think of this. You guys got some in mind, or you you, got to think about it a little bit? Because if so, I can give you mine right now.
1: Let's hear yours.
0: All right, let's hear mine. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. So for our starting five uh, at point guard, I think you got to put Joe Burrow there. And, uh, you know, naturally you would think, oh, he's the quarterback. He's going to lead the floor. But he played point guard in high school. I mean, he even thought at one point he was going to play college basketball. So, like, he could have easily been – point guard if he was never a quarterback. So I think you got to put Joe Burrow at the point. Uh, you got to put Jamar Chase at shooting guard. Um, I think the speed on the field would, would make him tough to guard uh, in the paint, driving, winning at the rim, isos. I think that's a good guy you have at shooting guard. Uh, I think you put T. Higgins at small forward. Um, and by the way, if you have not seen T. Higgins' high school basketball tape, he was killer. He, he took Oak Ridge High School to a state championship game. I think it was his junior year. And I forget who they lost to, but the other team had Jawan Jennings, who plays for the 49ers, um, played at Tennessee. Uh, but, I mean, the dude can dunk. Like, Apparently, he's supposedly the best basketball player on the Bengals roster. Uh, allegedly, I forget who said it, but I mean, he was like a Mr. Basketball runner up. So really, really good at basketball. I could have seen him having a future there if he didn't go pro in football. Uh, but I put him there. I think at power forward, I'm leaning. This is a tough one. I'm thinking probably Trey Hendrickson would be your power forward. Um, I think, you know, big body who's tough, can impose his well on you defensively, maybe get a few good shots off down low. Uh, and then I think my center uh, is just going to be Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, he's the tallest guy on the team, six foot eight, uh, you know, athletic for a six, eight guy. That's why he's getting all the money he's getting. I could see that athleticism paying off as a big body in the paint. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, I think for my sixth man, this is an interesting one, but I think Tyler Boyd would be a sixth man. I, I could see him doing a lot of different things. He could be a point guard, shooting guard, maybe too small for a forward because he's just a tad bit under 6'3", but I, I think he'd be a good sixth man. Uh, so that is my Bengals basketball starting five lineup. Who wants to go next? By the I mean, me, like, way, what, what do you guys think of that? Is that a pretty like?
1: Yeah, that, that lineup sounds fine. The only thing, if, if we were doing this, I would, I would add Cam Taylor-Britt. Um, yeah, uh, Jamar Chase. Get some athleticism. Get some defense there. So, other than that, that's my only
0: caveat to that is he's like five ten, five eleven. Chase is closer to six one. So, the height was kind of the deciding factor for me. But athleticism, absolutely, that's a fair case. But did you want to make your lineup next, Andrew?
1: I mean, I'm good with that. As long as just with Cam Taylor, Brett subbing in for Jamar Chase, a shooting guard. Okay, Mike, what do you think? What do you got?
2: That's that's not a great team. I mean, that's how basketball was played in like nineteen eighties. Uh, it's positionalist now. You need five shooters. Uh, okay. Yeah, just not not great. So
0: okay, so if you want to make it with five shooters, like who, who are your five shooters that you're picking?
2: I mean, I don't know. I haven't had, um, had a shooting contest. I just put. I yes. you know what I'll do. I'll do here's my here's my starting five. Okay. Lou Anarumo all the way down. <laughs>
0: I would make him that's the it. coach, actually. If there was a coach...
2: No, he's 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 at every position. Five Luana Rumos, that's it.
0: Like 1984, like, Staten Island-esque Luana Rumo? But in his heyday his prime? No
2: the, no, the one right now. I mean,
0: I don't know. I mean, he's pretty good at basketball, but, like, come on, bro. You got to no, get someone who's younger I, and fresher. Probably. I mean, no, no disrespect to him. Lose no. my guy, but... I mean, he'd be a heck of a coach, but I'm saying if we're talking players, like if you can only pick players, who are your five shooters?
2: I'm not, I don't. You're not taking the bait. I, I, picked my, I picked my team. And
0: Mike won't take the bait. I, even, even when I tried to pivot, he wouldn't take the bait. Okay, well, if you want Lou to play, who who would you want to be the coach then if it's not going to be Lou?
2: You said players and, and a six man. You didn't say anything about a coach. I said it now. Can't change the game.
0: The game never changed. There's, you can't have a game without a coach. Are you saying there's a game without a coach?
2: That's what basketball essentially is at the NBA level.
0: But we're not in the NBA, Mike. We're in uh, NFL G League, or whatever you want to call
2: it. <laughs> they also have coaches. <laughs>
0: Uh you'll take the bait oh, one God. day. I'm, I'm gonna get my way with you. Just, just wait, Mike. The, Andrew, we're gonna, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him to just bite the hook. It's just a matter of time. We're, we're working on it. Uh, before we wrap up, we just want to remind you guys to make sure to sign up for uh, our Cincinnati Football uh, Strictly Stripes newsletter. I butchered the name there. Strictly Stripes newsletter. Uh, go to cleveland.com/newsletters. Click on the uh, Strictly Stripes newsletter. It's free. It's in your inbox every day. We'll give you all the latest reporting and insights that me, Mike, and Andrew have on our website straight into your email. Uh, So, again, cleveland.com slash newsletters. Make sure you sign up. takes just a minute. Well, stay with us because we're going to talk actually – about Joe Burrow tomorrow uh, and probably the biggest what if about Joe Burrow I don't want to say what that what if is but it's a what if that's worth listening and discussing uh, so make sure you tune in for that on Thursday tomorrow but once again for myself Andrew and Mike I'm Muhammad Ahmad if you're in the tri-state area stay dry and stay safe